0: The regular slate of events and recognitions that normally took place through the years honoring the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. were affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. This year, some of the events are re-emerging that your vaccination can help you to safely participate. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. Later today on Sunday, the annual Interfaith Celebration will be held at Colorado Community Church, the location in Greenwood Village at Hamden and South Colorado Boulevard at 6 p.m. Tomorrow on Monday, the birthday, the centerpiece for the holiday celebration, the Marade will be held and will step out at 1045 a.m. beginning at the Dr. King Memorial in Denver City Park, going along Koufax to Broadway to Civic Center Park downtown. The full program starts at 9:30 a.m. and wraps up at the park with entertainment and the award celebration from noon to one. A new event makes its contribution to the celebration weekend at the University of Denver: the Security of Justice Celebration. It's a free event at the Gates Concert Hall in the Newman Center, four to five thirty. On the program is jazz singer. Such, Sue Charles, spoken word presentations, and the inspiring words and insights of State Representative Leslie Heron. Also on Monday afternoon, following the parade, is another first-time event for youth, Spice Up Your Life with a Little Bit of Culture. Presented by the American Red Cross Youth Corps, it is 12 noon to 3 p.m. at the East High School Gymnasium at 1545 Detroit. And later during the week on Thursday, the 7th Annual Dr. King Senior Luncheon takes place 12 noon to 2 p.m. at the Mombello Recreation Center at 4307 Crown Boulevard. Wear your mask so you can enjoy all of the events safely as possible. On this edition, we visit again with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and The Dream.
1: I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.
2: After
3: months of planning and a healthy dose of skepticism that it would ever take place, a multiracial crowd of over 200,000 crowded onto the mall in Washington, D.C. to demand the passage of a package of civil rights legislation. On this Dr. Martin Luther King Holiday Special Edition, a few reflections on the I Have a Dream March on Washington address with guest perspectives on the current status of the African-American community. The date was August 28, 1963. However, the legislation was not the sole goal of the event. Its leaders also sought to illustrate the magnitude of the civil rights movement, to energize the movement's participants for the challenges ahead, and to galvanize national support for the plight of African Americans. Numerous luminaries shared the Lincoln Memorial platform that day. However, the focal point was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr.
1: Five score years ago, to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. One hundred years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. One hundred years later, the Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself
4: in exile in his own land. So we really wanted to talk about what success looks like for a new generation of African Americans, Mm -hmm. a generation that's had opportunities that others have not had. Audrey
3: Edwards is the the co-author of the book Children of the Dream, a look at the adult success of the the first generation of children who were beneficiaries of the civil rights movement.
4: I think black success has always been more the rule. I think we've always had a tradition of black achievement, If we did not have that, I don't think we'd be here. Mm -hmm. I think we still are victimized by stereotypes, and those stereotypes tend to be negative. Mm -hmm. But the reality is most of us are working. Most of us take care of our families. Most of us are still in two-parent families. You look at the numbers, and you hear numbers that say a third of black people are poor. That may be true, but it means two-thirds are not. And we never talk about that part of our reality, and two-thirds is still greater than one-third.
3: Mm-hmm. Why, why, why do you suppose we don't talk about that?
4: Part of what happens to an oppressed people is that you start to internalize those stereotypes about you, mm-hmm. so your view of yourself becomes negative. Just talking to black people about the notion of success makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They immediately attack the so-called middle class, the few people they think are successful, they get into arguing about what's your definition, you can't say because you make money you're successful, and all of it says I'm uncomfortable thinking of myself or thinking of black people in any way other than negative.
3: You begin in the book, especially up front, with uh, the reunion in Little Rock,
4: mm-hmm. uh, the, uh,
3: the, the, Little Rock the integration of Central High School right. in Little Rock. right. Why did you begin with that?
4: We were talking about black baby boomers. We were talking about the integration generation. For me, these nine people epitomized what a lot of that struggle was about. They were a little older than the classic baby boomer, but they were also in the vanguard of the civil rights movement. They were the young people who really went to the front lines mm-hmm. and really put their lives on the line.
3: The marchers in Washington that day were multiracial, but predominantly African-American. Bob Dylan, then a new folk singer, performed, along with Joan Baez, who spoke, and the group Peter, Paul, and Mary did a little of both. Josephine Baker flew in from Paris to address the demonstrators, as did baseball great Jackie Robinson. Although a number of other leaders such as Roy Wilkins, head of the NAACP, and John Lewis, director of SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, also addressed the crowd, it was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who gave the demonstrators a mission and the nation its goal.
1: In a sense we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check when the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall out. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check A check which has come back marked insufficient funds. (laughs) But we refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. (laughs) We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. So we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice.
3: The March on Washington was the greatest illustration of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s adherence to the civil disobedience doctrine of Mahatma Gandhi. Now, this strategy termed holding to the truth also served to begin forming a special philosophical foundation for Dr. King, a position necessary to support the movement of African Americans into the mainstream of life as he sought to break the relationship of economics to poverty.
1: We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. This sweltering summit of the Negroes' legitimate discontent will not pass until that is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. Those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content, will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual.
2: The nature of power, is is corrupting, mm-hmm. and that unless there's this testing, 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 uh, challenging, challenging, uh, it becomes uh, um, set in set in set in its ways. Attorney Derek Bell. He was the first black
3: tenured faculty member at the Harvard University Law School, serving there nearly twenty
2: years. Most most hiring before affirmative action was some form of the old boy network, right? Right. And uh, when I was dean at Oregon, before I got there, when they needed somebody, old Joe called down to his old classmate down at the law firm and said, gee, we need somebody to teach torts." And he said, we got, we got young Adam down here. Uh, well, send him out. And we'll have lunch. Young Adam came out, had lunch, and things went pretty well. I said, well, Adam, why don't you think about teaching one year? Adam teaches one year, does good, not so good, what have you. Next thing you know, Adam's a full member of that faculty. The world never heard about that job. Uh-huh. After affirmative action came in, you had to advertise. I would get 300 applications for one job. Mm-hmm. If you got 300 applications, you got to have some kind of process. You have to have a committee, and you have to go through all those things. So there's a kind of objective, a kind of there might not be one black person in those applications, mm-hmm. but all those 300 white people got a character of due process and fairness that they wouldn't have gotten without affirmative action. Well, what I experienced in Oregon was true across the country. So that the fact that there may be a goal of trying to get more minorities into situations where there weren't didn't mean you didn't have a lot more fairness with regard to the whole process, mm-hmm. you see. Right. And, and so the question might be, well, why don't, why don't whites see that? Because in part, many are so convinced what they're entitled to is not the same thing as those whites up on the top mm-hmm. but they're entitled to priority over blacks, mm-hmm. so even though these opportunities are going to open up for everyone, if they perceived that somebody black with less uh, two points less than they on some measure were getting in then 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 they they they, they were opposed
0: You do have a safe dr. King holiday weekend. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get vaccinated for yourself and your family's health. Mask up and keep your distance when going out. And we do appreciate you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.